2: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. J-j-jumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I had a bloody nose. I got hit in the nose. I had to like keep your, I got jammed fingers because I would catch incorrectly I landed on my head in a uh, back tuck once because I didn't actually tuck the way I was supposed to. Uh, Yeah, the injuries were nonstop in that show.
0: Hey, what's going on? It's me, Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage. Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you want to try a free trial, you can go to the website, builtforthestage.com. No catch, no gimmicks. It's just seven days to work with a coach to see what it's all about and to help you take center stage on this little journey called your life. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. We are a part of the Broadway Podcast Network, so show them some love. You can check out the website bpn.fm and look at the immense, vast, eclectic amount of podcasts that we have a part of our network. So check out bpn.fm. We'd greatly appreciate it. All right, we are continuing with our series fitness on the Broadway stage and we're really excited for this uh, guest lots of experience lots of things to share and uh, a part of the series is bring it on the musical Uh, he was a part of this cast and he'll be sharing just a bit Um, but we're really excited to talk to Michael Minlan Michael what's going on welcome to bill for the stage podcast
1: thank you so much Joe it's awesome to be here
0: (laughs) it's uh it's our pleasure um, so we were just chatting uh, before we got started here just about um, quarantine vibes, what it is to be in this pandemic right now. Um, I've seen that you've been teaching some online classes. As a trainer, I've had to do some online classes myself. And for me, it's like such an anxiety booster. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, is my tech going to work? I'm working the sound. I can kind of see these people. Are they doing things correctly? Am I, you know, tell us a little bit, a little bit about your experience teaching dance, um, over the web.
1: Uh, yeah, 100, you, you nailed it. That's, the, that's I share the same anxieties. It is, it takes I don't know if it's more energy or less energy, but the, the focus of your energy when you're teaching via Zoom or via any platform you know, online, it is, it's exhausting because you're not getting any, there's no back and forth, essentially. It's all coming from one side and you find yourself over dancing or over yelling or over compensating for the fact that there's no mutual energy passing back and forth between parties because it's all just your screen and you're thinking okay can you even hear me and then five minutes later you learn that they didn't see anything you just did because your screen froze and so you got to go back and yeah that that (laughs) aspect of it is it's tiring and it's not you know I don't it's not regretfully tiring you know we're doing it for a reason and, and it can be rewarding but it's exhausting
0: yeah absolutely um just to kind of be fully transparent there was a few times on playbill we did a couple of fitness series there and i'm working out and i would secretly have my wife in the other room streaming the workout and like listening to how it was and then i would look in the corner of my eye and she'd give me these signals on like lower the sound or do this (laughs) or do that you know because you have like you said no feedback whatsoever yeah um so you were just, before the shutdown happened, you were down with one of the casts of a uh, Hamilton tour. Which one were you with down in Florida?
1: I was with the Angelica company. Um, and I, I went down there for a couple weeks to kind of bridge the gap there, um, they had a new dance supervisor coming in. And so I was down there to kind of bridge the gap between the dance supervisor who was leaving and the dance supervisor who was joining and um, was down there. was supposed to be there for six weeks, but that got cut short about two weeks before that stint was supposed to end because of COVID. Yeah. So the company so, shut down.
0: So Hamilton has multiple dance supervisors then that kind yes. of just patrol about, if you will, um, making sure things are staying tight and, and, uh, and ready up there.
1: Yeah. Every company has, um, has a dance supervisor that travels, either travels with the company or if it's a sit down company that stays in one city there as well with that. Um, yeah. What's
0: your background in dance, Michael? Have you always been a dancer growing up or how did this come
1: about? I started dance at the age of uh, 13. Um, I was always interested in musical theater. I loved like the musical aspect of theater. I loved singing. I loved listening to albums. And then when I was, 13, I went to a summer camp and got approached by a group of, of dancers who saw me sitting there reading a book. I think I was reading the client very randomly and they came up to me and they were like, yo, we need, we need boys in our, in our dance session, in our dance class. Do you want to try it? And I don't know what it was. I never considered it, never thought about it, but I said, why not? And I kind of fell in love instantly. And I go back and I never watched tapes of myself dancing really ever, but I've gone back and watched some recitals from the age of 13. And what was going on in my body from what I can see on the tape is not what I thought my body was doing in my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing kicks that are two feet off the ground. And I thought I was kicking my face. I'm doing a half a pirouette and I thought I was doing six. So it's, it's fun to revisit that, but that's how I got started.
0: I love that. You just got to get it rolling. Right. And from yeah. there it just gets better and better as long as you put the work in. Um, they must've really saw something in the way you were turning that page on the bench. Maybe they're like, he can turn a page in that book. So maybe he can turn a pirouette, you know, (laughs) yeah,
1: maybe, (laughs) or they, or they they spotted a sucker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's, let's get this guy. He looks like he's, uh, easy to maybe persuade for sure. That's awesome. Well, I like how, you know, it seems like it almost chose you as opposed to you, uh, choosing it in a way but destiny kind of works itself, uh, in strange ways like that sometimes.
1: Yeah. I so, mean, it, yeah. It, it turned into a love and it turned into a passion and then it turned into a need. So it went mm-hmm. from like loving it to, um, wanting it to needing it. And it's kind yeah. of in that sense.
0: Love that. Um, so before we get into bring it on, uh, we also like to do on the podcast where we will go through a trajectory of a, a performer's journey to their Broadway debut and just kind of like the ups and downs of, you know, it's not always uh, rainbows and butterflies and you just magically appear on Broadway, you know. And for us at build for the Stage, we like to parallel that to a fitness journey just to encourage our listeners that it's not like, oh, I decide that I want to reach a certain fitness level and then magically I wake up the next day and it's there
2: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: Um, so you made your Broadway debut in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, can you just kind of tell us a little bit about that journey there and anything that you think the listeners could kind of, uh, take some value from, um, in those regards?
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, touching upon what you mentioned about it, not just being there and you wake up and all of a sudden you've hit a goal. Uh, Getting you know re- for me, being on Broadway was a goal for me it it was it was never the end goal. I know that I've had goals past that, but that was definitely a huge mile marker for me. and I think because of that desire and because my uh, my passion and love was heading in that direction, that your whole life from a day to day to a week to week to a month to month year to year basis is re- is revolved around that, right? So you wake up every morning and it depends on how much sleep you got the night before. And so I was always really strict about the amount of sleep I got. I was always strict about what went into my body food-wise. I was always strict about staying in shape. And it wasn't so much because each individual thing was important to me, but I had a, like an instinctual understanding, and also through training, that all those things were important to achieve this goal of getting maybe to to Broadway one day, along with the 90% luck that it takes to, to get there once you lay it down there. Right. So I I don't, I'm not saying that my work got me to Broadway necessarily. I think it opened some doors, but there was a lot of luck in there. Um, and I don't, I'm not saying that to be humble. I actually believe that. (laughs) Um, uh, for me, you know, heading, I moved, I moved to New York about a year after high school because I went to college for a year to do training at SUNY purchase at their dance conservatory, which was a really great, uh, conservatory, for concert dance specifically. Um, It had no Broadway track necessarily in theater. And that was what I really wanted. So I ended up leaving the school after a year and moving to New York City and attending the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. And I did that at AMDA. I did that school for about 15 months. And then when that program ended, I kind of, um, I did a couple... Regional gigs and did a lot of, you know, a, a couple theater gigs around the country and took a lot of dance classes and continued my training. I was always really interested in being in the classroom. I was always really interested in surrounding myself with people who I felt were better than me because it, it, it um, I didn't realize this at the time, but I realized it in hindsight that I always like to stand like two rows back from the mirror so I could put some pressure on myself and feel like I was being watched, but also had people in front of me who I could look up to and try to mimic and learn from. Um, and through, through that training and through that, that path, um, started auditioning a lot more. I, my, my role, my path to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I hope I'm not getting off track of what your question was, but the specific track to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was I did a production of West Side Story at Walnut Street Theater in Philadelphia as baby John Um, And I actually, when I auditioned, I was gunning for the track of Baby John. I went in like kind of dressed like what I would think he would be. I was kind of putting on the demeanor of Baby John and I went that route and it it worked out. I got cast as Baby John, did that production. And in the show, someone who was in the show's partner worked on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. So when a slot opened up to do that show, I got called in to audition for it. I didn't have an agent. I wasn't part of the union. Um, I was one of 40 guys in the room. I even got some feedback in the room that I that I should do things a little bit differently than I was doing in the audition specifically, that I that, that the song I chose was not really great and that I should learn how to tumble. And I ended up a, a day later, and so I left the audition being like, oh, I'm not going to get this audition, but it was fun to be there, or whatever. I left the audition and two days later, I ended up getting a phone call to do the show. And my first question to the general manager when they called me with the offer was, but I'm not part of the union. Can I even do this gig? not not even knowing how unions worked and he just laughed and said, yeah, pay it. You know, you got to pay a lump sum of money to the union and you join and you start your job on Tuesday. I started five days later and that was my debut. And it was, it was a shotgun experience. I think I had, and my, my memory says that I had 12 days of rehearsal and then I was in the show, which is not that strange. A lot of shows do that, but at the time it felt like a whirlwind to me.
0: Amazing. Two things, those, that was perfect. Two things I want to rewind and just highlight Um, for everyone listening out there, was that one, uh, as we like to say at Bill for the Stage, everything is everything. And something that um, Michael was talking about earlier was like the process of training and realizing that his sleep, his nutrition, um, the way that he approached um, his his dance uh, training itself, that all of those things aren't the whole or aren't maybe more or less important than one or the other, but they all collectively fed and fueled his overall mission of making it on Broadway, um, his why or what he was wanting. So, um, you know, Michael, I just wanted to highlight that, that you had an obvious thing that you were pushing for and you realized that all of those individual things were helping you get there.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I'm, I, I think yeah. that also, I think I, I needed to do those things because I am not like physically the strongest person and I also don't have the best technique. So I knew that I had to push even harder to achieve a lot of these things. And that, mm. that naturally just drove the desire and joy in even doing those things that I had to do to be successful. Um, yeah. I, I love just, that. Yeah
0: everyone listening out there just to kind of reiterate the people that do naturally have that are the 1 to 5%. So chances are if you're <laughs> hearing this, you also need to put the work in. So um allow Michael to inspire you to put that work in for sure. Another part I just loved hearing you talk about was um putting yourself in the second row and saying something that I love saying is is just that if you're in a room and you're the best one in the room, you're the, you're in the wrong room. And um, I love what you were saying there just about, can you actually bring up maybe uh, a couple of people or moments in your life where you're like, wow, these people really showed me another level that I could aspire to take it to?
1: Yeah. I mean, in the classroom specifically, I spent a lot of time taking class um, from uh, when David Marquez was teaching at Broadway Dance Center in the city and Andy Blankenbuehler. And someone who I specifically remember was uh, Natasha Diaz. Who is a very well-known uh, theater performer in New York and DC and all around the country? And I just remember looking up to her, and you could just tell in her eyes and in her approach to the material that she had it—that that she she knew how to attack and approach material in an intelligent and smart way, and she knew how to approach. Um, a point of view. And so I remember specifically standing behind her and we became friends eventually, but um, I would just watch her and mimic her. And I, I remember that being an example. Someone else was Tim Fetterly, who I'm like calling people out right now, but Tim Fetterly, who was um, also in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But I knew him before that because he was someone else who I'd watch in class and look up to because he just had, uh, he, he had an ease to him that made everything look easy and Um, your eye just went to him because of that, because he, he made it look easy and he made it look like he was enjoying what he was doing. And I remember looking up to that. And in fact, when I was watching the show, when I was learning Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I had to watch my track. I had to watch Alex Sanchez. That's who I was replacing. And he, Alex is stunning. He's unbelievable. And I would find myself having to fight between watching Tim and watching Alex, even though I had to watch Alex to learn his track, but I would, I'd be watching Tim on stage just as much because they were both so electric. And I I remember, I remember following that specifically. Um, I mean, I have a lot of memories from again, my training, which to me, I I hold on to a lot uh, in my memory of what was important to me, but yeah, just a lot of instances of specific people and times.
0: Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, Michael also keeps going back to the training, everyone, and a signature to many of the greats out there is the, um, embracing or or caring about the training even more than the performing. Um, and when you're doing that, that makes the performing all the more uh, quote-unquote uh, easy or accessible to you to take it to another level because of the amount of importance you put into your training. So love all of that. While wow. I hope everyone listening is uh, taking notes out there. Let's jump in to bring it on um, just because it is a part of our... Uh, series here, but I feel like I want to talk to you about a million other things. But we're gonna we're gonna keep it on topic for now. Um, but tell us a little bit about that experience of like you're in a musical, but you're also having to learn different skills to portray these cheerleaders on stage. I From your smile through the video <laughs> camera here, I can't wait to hear some of the stories.
1: Wow, well, <laughs> there's so many stories, and uh, but you know it was. That experience was physically the most difficult thing I've ever done by far. I felt like I was in the best shape. I was, I think that whole process between workshops and labs and tour and Broadway was maybe two years or something. And I think I was 29 to 31. So I felt physically like I was in like a pretty cool prime, but I auditioned for the show kind of not being great at anything i couldn't really do hip-hop dance i didn't even know what stunting was in cheerleading like there were terms i didn't even know and they were like oh let's do some stunting and where you have to i you have to lift people in the air essentially and toss people in the air and catch them i didn't even know what that meant i was thinking like stunt double um i you know so there were so many things that i learned in that process it was physically so demanding There were people in the show who were, um, some of them were straight up cheerleaders, had never done a musical before. There were people who had only done musicals and never done cheerleading. There were a few who had done cheerleading growing up and now they were doing musicals. So they kind of had a skill set of both. Um, So we all, I mean, like talk about a literal pyramid of holding each other up. That company became close so quickly because we were physically so intertwined that entire process of having to actually literally lift each other up. And then it became emotionally and mentally lifting each other up and in some cases shooting each other down and <laughs> dropping each other sometimes on stage by accident. But you know, that, physically, the demand of that show was unlike anything I've ever done because of what, what Andy had staged yeah. and expected.
0: What were some of the physical requirements you found yourself having to do or, or was being asked of you um, that you can remember being extremely challenging and something that you had to build up Uh, some type of stamina or strength for?
1: Well, very specifically, I learned how to do a standing back tuck for the show, Um, which early on, I think Andy asked, sorry, my phone's ringing. Let me turn that off. I think um, Andy Blankiebiller, the choreographer and director asked um, if I'd be willing to learn how to do a standing back tuck. And I I just said, yes, I love saying yes. And I said yes. And then I went home and I was like, what the heck? How am I going to learn how to do a standing back tuck? So I I learned that. And luckily I had, um, you know, the, the cheerleaders around me to teach me how to do that. But at the age of, age of 30, learning that feat was difficult, but also very rewarding. And I think about it now, if I had to throw one, could I, and I, I doubt it, but I, every now and then I'm tempted to like, let me just ruin my career and try to throw another backstop. Uh, <laughs> how I, scary? I think the second thing would be tossing someone, you know, 20 feet in the air and catching them with three other people, uh, was something else that was a feat. That now feel, in hindsight, I don't know how we did that. I always <laughs> feel like I,
0: I would be scared of my teeth as like the person was flying back down to catch them. Did you ever experience like on the way down catching someone getting like hit in the jaw or in the teeth? Or- oh yeah.
1: Oh, I got, I I had a bloody nose. I got hit in the nose. I had to like keep your, I got jammed fingers cause I would catch incorrectly I landed on my head in a uh, back tuck once because I didn't actually tuck the way I was supposed to. Uh, yeah, the injuries were nonstop in that show.
0: All right, let's, we'll, uh, we'll make one, one parallel out of you landing on your head and then we'll wrap it up from there. Uh, I want to be respectful to your time, but how did you try a standing back tuck, land on your head, and then have the courage to keep trying it again after that?
1: Oh, it's not courage it's actually um being <laughs> afraid, of, afraid of failure and embarrassment <laughs> and, and needing to prove to myself that i could do it so that that overcame whatever fear i had
0: all right well sometimes you just need a little uh, push or a boost from those around you that are watching i guess huh yeah yeah
1: totally.
0: or the the fall in your head knock the common sense right out of you to say to stop trying but <laughs> um well very cool uh <laughs> Michael, that's it for uh, today on this episode. I really appreciate your time. So many good topics that we covered uh, during this episode. Hopefully everyone watching or listening, I should say, um, will revisit some of these because I definitely took a lot from this call. So thank you so much again.
1: Thank you very much, Joe. Appreciate it.
0: If you want to follow uh, Michael on the gram, you can check him out, underscore choreo. And uh, yeah, he's got a lot of awesome things going on right now. Um, He's a part of that little show, Hamilton. Uh, You all probably have watched on uh, Disney Plus by now or have gotten to see it live, which I luckily did um, before the shutdown happened. So long live Broadway. This is just intermission. Can't wait to see you all again in the spring of 2021. Uh, Don't forget about Broadway Podcast Network, bpn.fm. Check us out on the gram at Built for the Stage or that free trial, builtforthestage.com. Thanks again. It's me, Roscoe, signing off.
2: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW
0: void We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions eighteen plus.